0: You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk.
1: Ooh, don't you love that? It's a new voice. Play it again. I like it.
2: 702 and Cape Talk. Signal bite with Aki Anastasio. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. This was
1: before it was Arky on the stars I know
2: nice. Arky yeah. I like it. I that like sounds it. Sounds <laughs> nice. I absolutely love
1: it. <laughs> Morning, Yubi. How are you, man? I am. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, hey, fantastic, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, Lots in store. What are we going to start with the review? Well, yeah. Well, let's start off with uh, with a bit of a health thing. Um, you know, I've been a big fan of the of the Fitbit devices. Um, I actually use the Fitbit device with my training regime, and uh, this is the Fitbit versa um it's it's a great little device um you'll notice it looks very similar to the apple watch and uh, that kind of form factor this is the fitbit versa and it's i wouldn't say it's a budget range device that they've come in with but they've come in with an affordable uh version of the fitbit uh that you can use to train and it's got all the features that the the high-end uh device has got but uh, this one's got you know 24 hour 24 7 heart rate tracking you can get on-screen workouts, you know, the sleep stuff that you can work out. And it's got smart features like replies on Android. And um, you can, you know, connect it together with to your phone and you can use it to, to, to reply. And you can use it as a payment e-wallet as well. When I say a payment, they've got a payment system that's integrated as well. So it's sleek and it's, you know, the one negative about it, it doesn't have a GPS. So If you want to go running, for example, it does pair eventually with your watch's GPS for the mapping and that. Okay. But um, – you know, it's a nice device, three grand. It's the Fitbit Versa. Battery life is four days on that, which is great. So pretty cool. You know, for people who do yoga and uh, boxing classes and that, it's really, really useful. But will it keep them from injuries? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, you see, because I must tell people, uh, our listeners, he's been doing boxing classes. He does weights. He's very active in the gym and even yoga over the weekend. How did you find that, by the way? Was it no? The yoga your- was hard because I'd injured my wrist yes. from boxing. And
2: obviously you have to, the whole point, not the whole point, but one of the points of yoga is yes. learning how to obviously prop yourself up on your hands. So that was a bit hard. So Natalie, if you are listening, I'm coming for yoga today, but you're going to have to pretend that I have one arm. I don't know what that means for, for the session. Yeah. Because there's so many other benefits in terms of just the poses, oh, the breathing, cool. the mindfulness, no, all sorts of things. I agree. So I don't want to skip it. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, it's a, I mean, the body is a strange thing, right? You can get excited about something. Yes, and then you're just in your groove, and then you have to be off for a month because your technique was off, Can and I then see, you injured yourself.
1: It's horrible. I once had a very, very uh, embarrassing experience doing yoga. Well, I've, d- I've tried the Bikram yoga, which is the sweaty one when they put you in a yes. room, and then I had the regular yoga, and I really got into it, right? And you go in a totally relaxed state, and you're not know in the last three minutes where you you actually – you're like floating, and you don't realize you're, you're like in a zone, right? Yeah. But I I, my, I, I was – I had – um. What's the word I'm looking for? To try and be diplomatic. Right? Okay, I, think just a, I farted. <laughs> <laughs> in a class where everybody was meditating. And it just blew you. just by mistake. And I was so embarrassed by that, you know. So just be careful. That it's so funny it should you should say
2: that I had that thought on on Friday when I had my <laughs> session. I was like, I really hope I don't fart. Especially because it was a private session, one-on-one. I couldn't blame anyone else. It's, it's, it's either stupid, her or me.
1: You, you're in these little positions. It pushes air out in all sorts of different positions. It's a bit uh, Love anyway, it, love it. Anyway, who wants my DNA? Well, you, interesting. I'm watching you having smoothies. You eat very, very healthily. Now, Nestle... I, don't,
2: don't be fooled, dude. If I ate healthily, I would have a six-pack. But at work, I, 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 try and, I try and eat healthy so that by the time I have bad carbs for dinner or lunch that I feel less
1: bad. We all have those ones, yeah. and I do them too as well. But, you know, here's the thing, that we're getting older, the world's population is aging, especially in a country like Japan. Um, and I don't know if you've ever tried this DNA testing. I've done the DNA testing where they take a swab from your inner mouth uh, from your gums and they send it to to wherever some laboratory they come back and they say this is your body this is your body type this is your blood type this is the foods that you should be eating this is what's good this is what's bad for you um so now what nestle is doing internationally they're using artificial intelligence dna testing and you know this massive obsession that we have with instagramming food but they've started this program in japan where there's a really a very uh, elderly population and they're gathering a lot of data about the wellness of people, their diets for example, uh, what they want to do to improve their health and longevity, for example, and they're using a 100,000 of these users to test um, a program and they send pictures of their food via 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 this uh, popular program that they're using um, and they basically are going to start designing food specifically for your DNA type and, and really based on what you like. So, you know, with the vitamins and uh, the nutrient teas and the smoothies like the one you're drinking about at the moment, they're going to start taking the stuff and then they will start, 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 start supplying their their, their their customers with these home kits specifically linked to whatever ailments you might have. So if you've got high cholesterol diabetes, for example, they will structure your diet and your smoothies and send them through to you based on your diet. And this is where the world is going, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. if you look at the, the the revolution around food and everything, it's certainly gaining ground very, very fast. And people are uh, customizing their lives based on their diets and, and vice versa. So I find that really, fascinating how people are changing. I wonder if it will change people's behavior. Well, I, you know, I, I'll never forget. Many... Why don't you send
2: your DNA and then Nestle tells you, darling, you've got to be eating kale every day. <laughs> oh, I no, mean, no, that's not, not going to happen. Not,
1: it's not going to happen. But I remember my father telling me many years ago and, you know, he said to me that one day we're going to be mixing a powder and that's going to be your meal. And and it's coming like that, you know. And and when you can customize that powder to say, I want a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of that, and you just sip it down, instead of having to to physically eat those goods, um, if they can get to that barrier, and this is where Nestle is saying, hey, this
2: is for young people. It might sound outrageous, but when you get into your mid thirties, your forties, and you start worrying more and more about your body and the fact that you're not going to live forever. Then, yeah, then these kind of like prudent ways of
1: doing preventative exactly. health care suddenly become like really awesome. But now they've got the data to back it up, you see. So if they mm. know that Eusebius only sleeps six hours a night and and, and, and you know, during the day he's very active doing this, What's then they have to customize yeah. the diet yeah. for you.
2: Stunning. Listen, one of the biggest issues, we focused it on the show a couple of months ago, but society the world over needs to focus on it yeah. is um, the unsustainability, particularly of single use plastic but plastic in general and what it does to the ecosystem bottom of our oceans
1: and you're going to tell me what that what technology may help us a little bit well I think it's. I found this completely fascinating there's a there's a there's a, a, a startup called ocean cleanup right it's a Dutch nonprofit organization and their aim and they want to do is like clean up the ocean now if you look at the oceans as you correctly said you remember when you did the show that uh, around the world we've got what they call these massive garbage patches and they are situated there's about six of them in the world and they situated in the, in the middle of each ocean and it's the waves that influence the way the, f- the plastic floats and I don't have to tell you about how many whales and how many fish they find with that they've ingested the plastic but the reality is that um, you know in this particular section of the ocean which is situated between uh, Hawaii and California, mm. there are eight, 1.8 trillion pieces of plastic in the, in the actual ocean and they cover an area twice the size of Texas. So the, of, the of ocean cleanups goal is that they want to reduce the 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 plastic in the oceans by 90% by the year 2040 it's quite an ambitious target and the guy behind it is an interesting guy himself his name is uh, boyan slat he's a dutch inventor boyan slat slat oh slat sorry <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's a family show, yes, a family show. Listen to this. This guy was 18 years old when he founded this company in 2013, right? This, for me, is quite extraordinary that this young person at the age of 18, five years ago, says, I want to change the world. I want to change the ocean. There are now more than 70 staff members that are part of the Ocean Cleanups team, made up of engineers, researchers, scientists, computational modelers. And you name it, and their aim is to clean up the ocean. So they've designed this thing, which is like... I would say he describes it as this giant Pac-Man, you know, that kind of swallows mm. the plastic. And they, they actually, this weekend, launched this off the coast of San Francisco. And uh, this is the start of a few of these systems that are going to be going out into the ocean. But now it's a real-time example. They've been using algorithms and they've been using all sorts of things to see how this will react with the massive waves. Mm. Um, and they deployed the system over the weekend in the San Francisco Bay Area. And they're testing it. and are using telemetry stuff and, uh, you know, the trajectory of each system Etc. Etc. So they're using very smart technology to optimize how fast it is. But the simplicity of it is amazing because it's like a literally a a long stretch, kilometer stretch of these pipes that float above the water and below the water. It's like a not even a net, but it it moves in a certain direction, guided by the algorithms, and it catches the plastic and then it makes it into this U shape. So here's here's the actual founder because they asked him over Mm. the weekend about the challenges. One of the challenges that this um, uh, new well, this new they've been working on it for the last five years. They're called the Ocean Cleanup, Google it. But here's the inventor,
0: Boyan Slat, talking about the Ocean Cleanup. On September 8th, 2018, the Ocean Cleanup will launch its first Ocean Cleanup system into the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Over the past five years, since the Ocean Cleanup was founded... We've done a lot of work to get to this point. On one side, understanding the problem, many reconnaissance missions, expeditions, and on the other hand, doing all the scale model testing and prototyping and calculations to make sure that we can eliminate every risk possible before launching this system. We believe that every risk that we can eliminate in advance, uh, we have been able to eliminate. But that doesn't mean that all risks have been eliminated. Truly the only way to prove that we can rid the oceans of plastic is to actually go out there and deploy a world's first ocean cleanup system. And there are three main risks that we hope to be able to tick off in the coming months. The first one being the behavior of the cleanup system. So does it indeed get propelled by the waves and the winds? Is it able to rotate around fast enough when the direction of the wind and the waves change? Uh, And does it make this nice U-shape that we want so that the system is able to act like Pac-Man? This is something we've been able to to study a lot with scale models, with with computer simulations, but I'll still be very relieved when we are able to see this in reality.
1: Yeah, so there you go. There's a snippet. But you know, go go and Google these guys, the ocean cleanup and it's happening right now, and it's like super exciting and I really hope that they, they can get to their target. That's a massive target. Ninety percent of the world's oceans cleaned of plastic by twenty forty. And just to give an idea, one point eight trillion pieces of plastic sitting in that one patch between Hawaii uh, and uh, California. Thanks, Zaki. Have a lovely afternoon, Eusebius. Thank you see this. Just try and use uh, you know, use the other hand now for yoga. It's okay, I'm ambidextrous. Oh, never knew that.